0: hello this is matt slick from the matt slick live podcast where i defend the christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of god's word your chosen truth network podcast is starting in just a few seconds enjoy it share it but most of all thank you for listening and for choosing the truth podcast
1: network this is the
2: truth network
0: Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. You almost caught us in conversation. We were just talking about the show topic and a few other things, and then we realized, oh, yeah, the music's playing. So, yeah, here we are, and welcome
2: to uh, this week's show. And, Robbie, do you want to tell us a little bit about this show? Yeah, as as Danny found out... um it's on Habakkuk three thirteen. That was his favorite scripture. It's his and, life verse, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And it he is now. And he, and he told us that he was gonna be at this show, right? And he missed the original show. But fortunately he got off and he got here in time because we know he's got a lot to share about Habakkuk three thirteen. But I'll you know, the idea is that actually that verse is very uh significant in and in, in mm-hmm. it'll make you kind of ponder and the idea of that pondering led me to, you know, share it with my band of brothers. Like, what do you where do you take this verse? I could just tell it was a significant verse and, and an important thing for me to understand. And I'm so glad I did, because to get the insight of these guys has been spectacular. But I'll read it in English. It says it's the 13th verse. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for this salvation with your anointed. You struck the head. From the house of the wicked, by laying bare from foundation to the neck, say la. And la. it's la, yeah, yeah. La. <laughs> la. Well la, done, la. Danny. Yeah. You did have something to say about Ezekiel three thirteen. I could see. Yeah, la 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 <laughs> <laughs> Is la.
3: Is that a Hebrew? Is <laughs> that well, 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 a Hebrew letter?
0: Yeah, Hebrew for it's I don't it. know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, I
2: have no clue. <laughs> I've, <got nothing. laughs> <The same. laughs> I've never heard that, but it is actually quite humorous so in the first show, mm-hmm. you know we had a chance to talk about how cool is it that that Jesus lays those things bare not only for everybody to gaze about, but in our own lives quite often he exposes our poses mm-hmm. right and and we're laid bare as it certainly happened for Peter there um that night when he you know, denied Jesus three times. He, he he was laid bare what he needed to work on, but the cool thing is Jesus restores all that mm-hmm. as as you continue to walk with him and go into that. And so, you know, as we begin this show, we have Big Jim, and he's got, um, he's going to go exposing down under. He is. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which does come between the feet and the neck. Yeah, there you go. Or the base. <laughs> I, we I looked
3: a, at I looked at it in way too many versions, and now uh, they all sort after of hours,
2: run together. So we can go down <laughs> under. <All laughs> <Okay. right.
0: laughs> you we know, can. We needed the Clint Eastwood little sound bite. You know, whatever that was.
3: That's close. Yeah. Okay. That was enough. Uh, I have – it's it's a typical Western where you got the overwhelmed good folks – being brutalized by the evil folks. And Quigley has been uh, hired to come to Australia by a rancher saying, you know, I want the greatest marksman in the world. And he sends him back a little sheet of paper that says, you know, it's got a four-inch grouping, and these were at 800 yards, which was pretty miraculous in the 19th century. But uh, Quigley goes to Australia, a gets paid for having come there and the rancher uh, Marston is kind of the epitome of pride and he's evil but uh, I think pride is almost our theme along with it this week and and he considers himself a master with the handgun and he sort of picks on Quigley for just having a rifle and, and we end up He's hired as soon as he shoots a bucket at a long distance, three times rapidly. And he goes in and hears that he's not supposed to be hunting dingoes. He's supposed to be hunting Aborigines. And so he pounds the rich guy, throws him out of his own house, sits there for a bit, but uh, he gets whacked in the back of the head and dragged out and left for dead with uh, a crazy woman, and uh, the two of them get out of that bind. But it goes through the show. He is opposed to this rancher who's evil, who's killing helpless people because they're a nuisance to his ranching. And uh, he's got the usual gang of roughnecks and... In Australia, that was pretty easy because those are all ex-prisoners. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how they started, and they had plenty of them then. But this goes on until uh, Marston is determined to kill Quigley, and four or five of his guys jump him in town and burn down a building trying to get him. And he gets the best of those guys and sends one of them back who said, well, Marston's going to come for you. He said, well, tell him I'm coming for him. And he does and in that process he gets shot in the leg and dragged behind a horse for a while, but the uh, arrogance and pride of the evil character in this, uh, we're about to see what that comes to.
2: I seem to remember you're not too familiar with Colonel Colts Revolver, so this will be your first lesson. Don't worry. Mr. Dobkin and Mr. O'Flynn will ensure that it's a fair contest. I'll just back up a few paces. And to your left a bit. That's it? Now you're
4: right in front of my old pistol target.
2: Some men are born in the wrong century. I think I was born on the wrong continent. Uh-huh.
4: Oh, by the way, you're fired. This ain't Dodge City. And you ain't Bill Hickok. Said I never had much use for one. Never said I didn't know how to use it.
3: The three shots fired were all by Quigley, and despite his being pretty severely wounded, he takes out the last three bad guys in that. And I like those sort of movies, even though they're pretty silly, but it really is a representative a re- representation of the good winning out in the end. And according to the world, we are the underdogs, but... You know, the, it's the pride that opposes us, and, and that's not just external, it's actually more internal than anything, and I think that's what needs to be exposed, is where we are proud and where we aren't humble and where we aren't surrendered to Christ in a way that lets us have that victory and snatch it from the what seems like defeat, and the way the world's going you know it seems worse and worse and you hear a lot more people that are worried about the future but God has the future and it's gonna come out okay in the end
0: yeah when you think back I think it's in Ezekiel where it talks about it it talks about Lucifer right before he was fallen and you know it, it describes him as you know this beautiful angel right but then it says but your pride you know basically got in the way. And so that's been the story the whole time of him. It's, it's a pride thing. And, and, and we mimic that. There are times that we take that pride and, and adopt it as our own kind of defense mechanism or something we throw out there or when we don't want to have to deal with something. But that pride has to be taken away one way or another before we can have the, the healing and the, the, the restoration that we want in our
3: life. I played a little mental game with that uh, back when I was in seminary because it was put out there that pride is the source of all sin. I said, okay, well, I'm going to think of a sin that it is. It isn't the root of, and I really couldn't come up with one. You know, Selfishness, I'm more important than others. That's pride. Greed, I deserve it all. Pride. I mean, they're really... If you got one, call it in. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, that's jim at masculinejourney.org. I think I do have a email address here. You
2: do. You don't know how to get to it, but you have it. <laughs> that is true. And All of the it's above. It's pride that may stand in the way of him wanting to learn more about his computer. I yeah, know. I know that sounded <laughs> mean, but it was just true.
3: It'd be a little bit. You can't argue with the truth. Yeah, Robbie, you, you
2: can't. Uh, yeah. so... Uh, you know, very fun topic for me. Yeah. Like God uh, gave me this word of the year that has had me in Habakkuk and, and has taught me so much about faith. And, you know, part of the foundation mm-hmm. of goodness is so much about faith and not so much about what we do. And doing is so connected to pride.
5: Mm-hmm
2: right and isn't is so much of what jesus was fighting with the pharisees as they thought they were going to be able to do all this stuff to, in order to to make the cut well in the we've been studying a lot about mulligans you know if you've listened to Mas- Masculine journey much and very cool uh, pure flicks came out with a movie called mulligan and and to sh- sh- tom i mean to sam's chagrin mm-hmm. not tom Selleck's chagrin no. but to sam's chagrin it stars Pat Boone, which I happen to love Pat Boone because I sure. interviewed him once, you know, so he's kind of my. but anyway, he, um, he plays a sage character, and there's a guy who's very prideful and set up in a lot of pure flicks movies. He's, you know, the guy owns a big business. You know, he thinks he's a big shot, which, by the way, Pat Boone points out at the very beginning, of, and he's a golfer, and because of some father wounds, right, he, his father was an alcoholic, and he wanted him to cheat on a test. And they ended up, you know, getting a significant wound from his father as that, but it set in his heart that, you know, you do not cheat, you know. And so he's trying to do the right thing. So Mulligans were extremely offensive to him in this golf game. Well, the old pro, who's played by Pat Boone, is is it's sort of a takeoff on, uh, you know, um, What's the golf movie I'm thinking about? Um, Bagger Vans. Bagger Vance. Kind of a takeoff on that, that. That you know, only in this case we got older. You know, Bagger Vance, and, and he is going to now take him out on a golf game because what's happened due to the man's pride. Everything we talked about in the foundation of evil in the first show, right? That the foundation of evil was pride and division and, and uh, this idea of darkness and deception are all taking place in this guy's life. Like, his business partner, unbeknownst to him, is trying to steal his business. His um, son hates him, his wife, you know, feels totally left out, and and they have separated, and everything that, that you could see from the foundation of evil has happened to this guy, and which takes him to the sage, which is the Pat Boone character, to get this particular speech, where he takes him out of the golf course and gives him all the mulligans he wants which infuriates him because he didn't like mulligans. And, and then they come in, they have this discussion.
4: You know, I've got better things to do with my life. Oh, I know, you're a big shot. You know, I uh, offered you those unlimited mulligans out there for fun and, and it was fun, don't you think? But I also had another purpose. I, I just wanted to let you know that uh, the word mulligan has another meaning, grace. The Bible calls it unmerited favor, which is just forgiveness. Forgiveness of your own and others' mistakes and imperfections. What if you could have a mulligan any time you want it in life when you've made a serious mistake? Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? Sounds amazing, but it's impossible. Life's not a game, Willie. You can't do that. And besides, I've already told you I'm not good at asking people for do-overs. Oh, it's not about doing. It's about believing. Believing in what? God. Okay. why are we back to this God malarkey again? Not one of us can live a perfect life to get to heaven. In fact, in the game of life, if you miss one putt in an otherwise perfect round, you miss the cut. That sounds pretty harsh. It is, because God requires a perfect round. And he knows not one of us can measure up to that. So. He sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins, our mistakes, and to give us a chance at a new life. Then he takes our scorecard. He signs his own name to it. He erases our mistakes. All we have to do is attest to it, turn it in as our own. Paul, aren't you ready to sign up?
2: Well, Paul isn't just, you know, at that point in the movie, I can assure you. <laughs> he, he's still battling all those things that, mm-hmm. that that Jesus wants to lay bare. And, and it's kind of cool for me, the movie laid a lot of that stuff bare, you know, showed the backstory. Because a lot of times when you deal with somebody who's full of pride, you know, the backstory of that is there's some deep, deep wounds mm-hmm. where, you know, they're trying to protect themselves.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and they've created you know, this illusion that they can do all this stuff and they keep thinking if I do, 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 you know, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to get me where I need to go. Um, but the beautiful thing I, I love about that clip is it is not about doing, it is about believing.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? It, it's, it has all to do with faith, which again gets back to being gathered in great faith for me.
3: Thank you, Robbie, because I didn't know how I'd sneak this in. There's a verse that really hit me hard today that I want to—well, a few verses I want to share. This is Galatians 3, uh, 24 through 26. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we no longer need a tutor— For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. That kind of takes out the pride. We didn't do it. He did it for us. It also should eliminate any competition between us you know i'm not better because i'm taller and well he's not here to respond so i won't pick on him but (laughs) nothing really matters except being one in christ and that's through him doing it for us it's not anything we've done
2: which getting back to andy's clip in the first show you know that moses was quick like when Pharaoh said, "Well, you won Moses." No, it won me, right? You know, it it it, it was God that won, and, and this verse points to the fact that it was the anointed one that would be the one that laid it bare. He'd be the one that 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 you know got it done. But I'm I'm very curious now, from Danny's perspective. Now that he's had some more chance to hear this verse and and whatever because you know
1: we should title this show great expectations (laughs) just (laughs) we still can we still can we can can change the name of it but uh, I, I like the topic what I have been here for and you know I was just thinking of a story Robbie that you know when I got sober in 1994 you know, in, in in recovery programs, they give you chips, mile markers. To be clear, you've been sober since nineteen ninety four. I have been sober. Oh yeah, not I, just this one event. But y'all are pushing it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I okay. you know. Um yeah. No, the the goal was the one year chip. <laughs> yeah. And you got you know your mentor, your sponsor, give it to you, and you got to say a few words. And I, being the being the usual person, I'm preparing this Grammy Award-winning speech. <laughs> and you know, I'm thinking about all that. I didn't hear the speaker of the meeting. I didn't hear anything. I'm preparing for what I'm going to say.
2: I can't imagine,
1: you know. And but as I got up and they called my name and I got up, I realized that I hadn't done a thing. That God's grace and mercy had rescued me from you know alcoholism and drug addiction and that that's what that laying bare means to me is that you know what all the good in my life all the things that i've been able to do and everything i've done none of them that that god has allowed me and give me the grace and the mercy and the strength to get there mm-hmm. and that i hope that's close oh it's beautiful so I think it's, it's, it's in the area it's in the area yeah, it's in the area you did good i good think job. you
3: guys need to be mean and focus in on danny more often like that yeah, <laughs> that was I mean. beautiful yeah and
0: andy i can't believe i'm going to be the one to say this but is pride just not a byproduct of the orphan spirit right i mean they they walk hand in hand together i can't believe you didn't yeah. throw that in there it's been like a couple of weeks since you said those two words
3: i'll just wait for uh, the entrenchment <laughs> so, something for you no it's it's like uh, Robbie's talking about it. Another term for it is self-determination, that idea that, you know, God's not been there for me, or at least I perceive that. Really, he is. He always is. But that's the perception. You you believe these lies from Satan. You take the, the bait. You make the agreement. But that is that orphan spirit that I can do all this thing. Nobody else is coming for me. It's me. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I, I think a lot of men live that way. A lot of people live that way. Agreed. Chuck, you got something you want to throw in there?
5: Yeah, it just makes me think of you know just going back and referring to the book of Habakkuk. You know, when you look at Habakkuk initially, when he starts this story, you know, this prophecy that he's given, you just see him and he's got all these questions for God. You know, and he's he's just taking the focus off of God and putting it on his self and his timing and asking God, why are these things not happening? What what's going on here? He's seeing all this chaos around him and just just really unsure and uncertain. But by the end of the book, you see that focus come back to God Mm -hmm. and you see him really resting in, you know, the certainty of God, the sovereignty of God and just finding peace in that. And I know in my life, you know, when when I tend to take the the focus off of God and I start trying to do things on my own, it's it's it it always falls apart, Mm -hmm. you know. But when I put that focus back on him and realize and, and actually look back through the past, just like Habakkuk did, you know, if you look through there, there's little subtle reminders of what God did all along that he's pointing him back. You know, look what I did here. Look what I did here. And then at the end, he just finds peace in that, that sovereignty of God.
2: It's good. Thank you. Kenny, we haven't got, you know, your perspective yet.
6: Well, I think, I think pride's something we all struggle with, you know, because we, we're in a culture that's, we're supposed to be self-determined, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. And we're trained not to ask for, really ask for help from a biblical standpoint. Now, go to all the doctors, psychiatrists, all that stuff, secular stuff. But take it to God. You know, that, that's, a lot of times they don't, they don't put that on the table like they, they should. And it's till we take it to God that's the only place we're really going to get the answer we need or the strength we need or the endurance to get through whatever situation uh, that we're going through because we all got battles. And, and if you get a little rest from a battle, it means another one's right around the corner because, you know, we're, that's one thing he warned us. Uh, don't be surprised. You're going to be persecuted from every angle that Satan can come at you because this is the only shot he's got at us, you know, because where we're going, he's he's, he's thrown out of. And uh, that hope that God gives us, but he says, humble yourself. You know, lean not on y'all understanding. understand, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And he's going to direct us through these things. But I know one thing I have to keep reminding myself, one thing God said he's resist is pride. I'll give grace to the humble. Now, grace means that unmerited favor that I didn't deserve. It's like what y'all been talking. It, this has been a gift to me, my faith, my hope, my redemption—it's all gifts to me—and then, till I finally, like you talk about, get rid of that orphan spirit and realize we are called to be children of God. We are called to really surrender to win, and that goes counterculture in so many ways.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a spectacular thing. Another word that jumps out at me in the verse. jumps out in a lot of ways but the anointed right and which is in its own way jesus's last name i like to say because christ means anointed (laughs) so you know whenever you see jesus's last name you know you know you're you're getting the big call right there you know that this is this is the big deal but one of the really neat studies from my perspective, is to look all the ways that Jesus was anointed in the New Testament. You know, there's lots of ways he's anointed seven times in just in Isaiah 11. But the, the, all the ways that he's anointed in the New Testament. But the one opportunity you have, listening, and I have, is how are we going to anoint him, right? Because he may be anointed for Sam, but he's not anointed for Robbie until Je- Robbie chooses to anoint him as the king, as the ruler, as, you know, his name is a perfume poured out, you know? And and that's the real opportunity of the verse. You can't get the laid bare stuff Mm -hmm. that he is willing to offer you until you do lay down all that pride and say, you know what? I, I need to anoint you with the most expensive stuff I got. My spikenard, my whatever you got, you know, and and therein lies the opportunity to really get get that done. And I know you love that whole spikenard thing, Danny.
1: I I do love that story because that is exactly what I think that story is about, is Mary laying what has been laid bare in her life and pouring it out on him because she was a hot mess, so to speak, prior to meeting Jesus and so she, she and who is, wasn't <laughs> yeah yeah but but she did exactly what you're talking about is she she came in all gratefulness and tears and that kind of realizing she hadn't done any of it so we need to pour our alabaster box out
2: yeah yeah it's a, it's a beautiful picture of of what that mashiach right is the anointed one and and it's it's a key aspect to the verse and all of our lives, you know, and and the ability to walk with people that, you know, share that anointing.
0: Yeah. So once you've been in Habakkuk and you come back to it, are you going Habak to it? <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, and how long have you been waiting uh, to use that? I'm Habak here again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how that works. But yeah, go to masculinejourney.org to register for the upcoming entrenchment. Go it ahead, can
3: be Habakook. It and could be. that's pretty kooky.
0: It is kooky. But go to masculinejourney.org to register for the Lexington entrenchment coming up April 28th and 29th. That is a free event. Again, free. Go there and register. All you do is click on an email, send us an email, and we'll reply back to you. We'll see you then, and we'll talk with you next week. Have a great
5: week. F-R-E-E. This is the Truth Network.